This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. So this is a inside edition. And I'm in my writing room, which is also a storage room. It's it's really a storage room. <laughs> but one corner of it has, has turned into uh, a writing space and, uh, you know, a bit more. There's a bit of overflow from from the storage. Things that I would rather not um, uh, have, but um, un- was it unwelcome guests? <laughs> Isn't that what life is? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, uh, topic is a tour of Terrapin, and. If you're not familiar with uh, Terrapin, that's uh, a fantasy world or the fantasy world uh, where I've set uh, I've set a story, and there's a lot of uh, influence. There's uh, say early uh, um, fantasy worlds that I have worked on, and that have um, say, characters or ideas uh, going back 25 years plus that um, I, I just remembered, say, um, uh, characters. I have, uh, like, one villain called Xenanthropax, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, that's perfect, and I'll use him and uh, different locations. And so... Uh, let us let us start. Let's start talking about uh, terrapin. So at the very center, if you looked at a map, at the very center, um, there's a in inland sea, and at the very center of this inland sea is this island, and on the island is a city, and. In the city is a garden, and, and at the garden, in the middle of the garden, is uh, this tree. And there's a, a person taking care of the garden. But um, let's start with the tree. And the tree is Amaris, and uh, that's spelt A-M-A-R-E-I-S. You know, and, and there's an influence from uh, another story. Um, I'm sort of plucking the name and saying, you know, oh, there's the name of the tree. And the tree has golden leaves and a um, sort of silver pale uh, bark. And and this is the most important uh, place and part of the story, because if you uh, if you can get there, if you can get to this tree, that you're going to have this very um, centered, calm. Um, it's a healing place, and it's a it's a place of centeredness. You know, it makes sense because it's at the it's in the middle of this world, <clears throat> and that's uh, you know it's it's in consideration of the psychological, and you can translate that to the spiritual. And so, so there's this 
uh, garden that surrounds um, surrounds the tree. Oh, and and the last thing else, well, I can say it about the garden is that this this place, um, this garden, the tree, and the city surrounding it is uh, tied up with a sense of eternity. So if you go there, uh, notions of uh, time and space and identity start to slip away, and you start to uh, again you start to have this sort of experience of oneness and of uh, eternity, centeredness. But uh, this, as, as I have it, that the garden, particularly around the trees, this rose garden um, that I'm imagining, yeah, that I'm imagining. <laughs> and the, the scent from these roses goes out into the city, right? And so uh, that's one thing people... Uh, who have gone to the city and re- re- returned, and then they'll they'll talk about how they, they'll smell roses, even if they can't get to the garden, they can't, um, um, like say they're able to pass the walls of the city, which is called Uriar. Um, it's it's like these series of tests or these series of, um, it's almost like a labyrinth in a way because you have to sort of you know find your way and. It's not just about the physicality of it, but it's about your identity and what you allow yourself to experience. So, um, I've I've had characters who are trapped, uh, like they've managed to get to the island. I think it's Marune, and um, and yet they have to stop there because they're not able to uh, get through. Um, the wall that surrounds the city. And even if they get through that wall, you know, if they figure out uh, a way and, and, and the big upshot and lesson is, is that this place is right. So it is my characters. Like, and once they figure that out, right, then they, they can make adjustments to themselves. If such a thing is possible in order to get, you know, into the city and and it gets more difficult and more difficult because they have to let go of um these these divisions within themselves they have to let go of you know who they think they are uh, what they are and they have to sort of set aside ego um and and experience something that is you know more communal community and and this will allow them to get to uh, to the center. <clears throat> um, yeah, and so in the garden, there is this being called Azimyodi who uh, created the world of Terrapin through uh, make-belief. And there's something very childish about that, and there's something very childish about Azimyodi. Azimyodi has this, the wonder... And the power of youth, um, you know, pure imagination, right? Willy Wonka's pure imagination. It's, you know, it's, it's in this uh, character who appears to be uh, both a child but also wisened. I think I've described Asmiodi as gray. And then on the forehead, Asmiodi's forehead has this uh, jewel. It's a star-like jewel. Uh, Asmiodi wears a, a kind of poncho that's like a map. It's like this robe. It's like one of those old maps, sort of orangey yellow, 
with all of these lines and you know little place names and things and this is this is me saying that a person is a place that we define the place and the place defines us we wear it kind of like clothing ah let's see what else can i say so another thing about azimyoti is that i th there's in the writing, I've intentionally left out uh, gender, and I, I'm I'm going for a kind of a feeling of oneness. So encountering encountering Azimyoti is the closer and closer you get. It's sort of like the less and less you are of, of yourself, and you are more of oneself. If if we can take that leap and say that. Um, but people will have conversations. They will encounter this person uh, who's summing up that experience sometimes it's just the tree and um, sometimes it's it's just uh, asimyoti um, so it depends on on the story and and the experience that the character a, a character is having so let's see anything else I can say it, this part of, of Terrapin, it's very much about um, uh, an experience of a, a healing experience. And, and my intention is that, say, somebody who's experienced, um, is experiencing some kind of trauma or has experienced and sort of like, you know, can I, can I give them some, something like this? And two, giving myself something like that. Uh, but also uh, conveying it to people, right? You know, uh, here's here's some gold, right? Some some real gold, some inner gold, and um, here's here's a place to start from, you know, to to build, to uh, you know, reclaim uh, sort of purpose, to get back to what it's really about and what's essential in in one's life. And I'll I'll stop I'll stop I'll stop going on. Um, this this could easily take over the tour, but yeah uh, yeah here we are. So we've we've started out at at this uh, at this place. And now I'm going to I just realizing I, I, a map would be a good place a good thing to have on hand. So I'm grabbing my. Geographical notes. Here we go. Here's the map. And uh, let's head out um, from Lake uh, into Lake C. One of the characters that came up in drafting the Terrapin books was uh, there's this boat. Um, I think it's like say it's I've described it as kind of. Uh, sea foam white if you can imagine right uh white caps it's you know it's 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 a white boat and it takes various shapes sometimes it's a rowboat sometimes it's a sailboat and uh often there's this character who is uh connected to uh, one of my childhood friends uh who's a musician and a very i think a very fine musician who plays uh, guitar and he actually taught me um he taught yeah he taught me 
uh, how to play music. And so there's this connection there. Um, uh, and, and, and what is, what else can I say? So this, this sailor, uh, this sailor has, um, antlers, white antlers, and is this white stag. And part of the reason for the white stag is, it's a reference to, uh, medieval. It's a, a reference to medieval, uh, it, uh, stories and say going on quests and then you would see this white stag it could be a, a other colors I, I think one of them would be red but um, I'm really going for a reference to uh, the hobbit where there's this uh, white stag that Bilbo and the dwarves chase after and it lure it lures them astray and uh, rather than that I've positioned this white stag person. Sometimes the white stag is the boat. That The boat is called the white stag, but sometimes we actually encounter a person called... You see, the, the person's name is white stag, or they are literally a white stag. And um, it, has, it has not to do with getting lost, but actually getting, getting closer to oneself, that sort of leaving the outside world and you know, going into the dark forest. In this case, it, it has to do with um, the ocean, uh, this lake sea, and uh, and and also music, right? So yeah, so it's poss possible. One way of getting to this island and this city and this garden at the center is uh, via this uh, boat, the White Stag. Now, in Lake C, what, what has developed is that this is where the stars of, and constellations uh, of uh, Terrapin are, right? This is our outer space. So it is possible uh, to, like, say, and, and I ought to describe it. So Lake C is dark, it is, um, it is, it is dark. It is, uh, it has moments where it could be sort of nebulous, like, uh, neb nebulas in outer space. And there are phenomena uh, in outer space, comets and things like that. But the big, um, the big representative, uh, are these star islands and, uh, so it is possible to go to a, a star, so you could head for like a constellation, and uh, you can get uh, you can get to a star. But what happens is that the closer you get, uh, the more like an island it looks as you're sailing along this night dark sea. Uh, you, you eventually you'll get to these um, to to get to these places. And, yeah, and uh, let's see. And I, I, so I'm, I'm just looking at the coastline. If you ever get a chance to look at the, the map of Terrapin, there's this uh, windy coastline. And you, you, you might actually think, that it's a continent, 
rather than uh, a lake. So you, you, at first glance, you, you might think, oh. And then you notice that uh, the cities are, are, are not um, on the land, that they are sort of in the ocean, where you know, you'd think, um, if it was a continent, you'd say, oh, that's odd. And, and so that's what makes it a, uh, an inland sea. And, and that's something that came out of a, a dream where I already had, I had a continent shape. And in the dream, I, I saw it as an inland sea. And so I woke up and I went, okay, let's do this. It makes sense. There's something pleasing in the sense of say, um, because I'm, I'm looking at this whole thing as a, as a kind of mandala, a represent, representation of the, of the psyche. All right. I feel there's more to say about the the um, the islands of Lake Sea, the Star Islands, um, but we can return to that. So let's let's go around around the coastline and uh, talk about the the different. Uh, the different cities, uh, what I've been calling city-states, because state, you know, state of mind, uh, but also a political state. And the the first one, uh, if you have the map, it's as it's positioned. There's twelve of these lands and uh, twelve of these uh, cities, and the. The one at the one o'clock position is actually called one o'clock. And the city-state is called Perlocks. Uh, part of the reasoning for, the, for it being called one o'clock is um, to remind myself uh, and, and to rem- sort of say, giving a kind of clue to the reader that you could look at these as time, that each of these places... Uh, on the map, on the coastline, right? That the representative, um, there's this sort of numeric division between these 12. 12 hours, 12 months. Um, it's, it's playing with something, but it's also, uh, it's also defining. Anyways. How, how, uh, and just, I'm just thinking... For example, the the twelfth. Uh, if if you look at it as twelve o'clock, the you know this country city state uh, is positioned. You know, I was thinking December, which is the twelfth month, and it is uh, it is the name of the country is midwinter, and it is um, a cold place. Um, there's other there's other thematic things going on, but um, that's just as an example of where I was at. And two, it's not perfect, but it's 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 just something to work from and for work with. So uh, let's go back to um, the first book. You know, number one uh, starts in the uh, the country of one o'clock, and then the city state is Perlocks, the city of Perlocks. 
and Perlox is perpetually raining, uh, perpetually storming. There, there are lulls, but it, it is it is very uh, stormy, and let's see. One of one of the things to note about it is that it has, um, it is. There's a lot of electricity there. What what they do is they tap into uh, lightning that falls. You know, there's this huge there's this huge red cloud above the city that is dropping lightning down, and the the lightning is picked up by lightning rods and then goes down into the, um, I want to say, uh, the network. Uh, but anyways, it's powering the city, and uh, it, it's, it's powering the, uh, the lights, uh, it's power, powering houses, you know, your heat, and it's running the cars. Um, so you won't see a gas-powered car in Perlocks. Uh, it, would be a ra- it would be a rarity, uh, and you're just seeing uh, electric cars. The people in Perlocks, it's a mix, and there are um, talking beasts, there are uh, ghosts, there are uh, spirits, And there is um, thinking about the the politics of the place, the government. There is um, a monarch uh, monarchy. There's a family, and but I'm I'm. It, it makes sense to pattern it off of um, Canada, so that we have, you know, our head of state is a a monarch. And then we have uh, a a parliament, you know, and that the monarch has, um, you know, and too seemingly little power, and then um, you know the patriarchy is uh, whoop uh, whoops, <laughs> the parliamentary, the parliament is is doing the heavy lifting, and. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure about that. Sort of ad- adding it up, and I'm just like, yeah, that, that's my experience when I was in Parlox. What else can I say? It's uh, there's a, there's a lot of commonality between the these capital cities, um, and. Perlox has a circular layout. It is um, there's a there's a river that runs through it. There's a there's on on both sides there's this old city, and then around the old city is is built a, a newer city out of dark stone, and uh, the old city at the center is this white stone, pale stone. There's a sense of colonization there that, um, um, and, and too an uncertainty about the past because uh, uh, the colonizers arrived and 
you know, uh, there was no one there to them. And, and that's not, that's not entirely true. Uh, you know, there were people there, but it was sort of looking at the kind of the rundown nation, uh, rundown nation, the rundown nature of, of Perlocks. And there was this old city with, um, it would be sort of like going to some place that had, uh, leftovers from, you know, Rome, from, uh, Greece, you know, or Egypt, and you look at it, and you then you look at the people, and you go, you know, ah, it doesn't seem connected, you know, these, um, and to it, that it wasn't lived in, right, it had, it, it was abandoned, um, probably over a long period of time, uh, but these, uh, colonizers, then, uh, you know, they went, they, they rebuilt the old city and uh, and then built the uh, the new city around it. Um, the people that were originally there, uh, you know, were just sort of you know naturally integrated uh, into this, um, and and I'm just. <laughs> just recounting. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, so what else can I say? The um, uh, Terrapin is is divided by um, the illumination is that, you know, if you look at the map, the top part is the top part is um, moonlit, right? And, and you can see that when you look up into Perlocks, even when it's a cloudy day, you, you, you still get the moon shining brightly, uh, illuminating as if it was daytime. And they use terms like, uh, uh, instead of morning, they say mooning, they say good mooning. Uh, and then at, at noon, they say, um, High moon, or or just moon, and then uh, after moon for afternoon. And uh, let's see, An another way to look at it is I I'm, now I'm thinking about this and going, oh, I, maybe I can twist the map a bit. The where one o'clock is is. It's actually the western part, and there's this notion of a, the east-west pole, that, that there's something um, that's called the east-west pole that exist, exists, much like, say, the north-south the north -south pole, right? Um, in Terrapin, there's an east-west pole, and that, uh, that the top part is the west, and then the bottom part is the east, <laughs> but but uh that that could be a, a rumor that could be you know a tall tale we'll find out it, you know we'll we'll go uh, we'll take a um, a trip to uh what's it called you know it's almost like when somebody's like sent to you know go reach right go go take a trip to the um to to the north pole all right so so that's uh, that's Perlocks. Let's see how much. Oh, well, 
got to get rocking and rolling. Uh, the, the second, if you count it like a clock, right? The, number two is, um, is considered to be space and the, uh, the capital city is called Orrery. And one thing about Terrapin is that each of these countries, each of these, especially the city-states, uh, less of the countries, but the city-states, their belief uh, shapes what they see and how things are. So um, this is getting into the imagination shaping uh, reality. And so the people of you know, space and orrery, they believe that the world, uh, the world that the world is space, kind of an extension of say, you know, usually we go about our day, we don't think about how we're on a, a ball of magma that's being pulled through uh, the emptiness of space, you know, by a huge star, right? We, we don't go around sort of like, you know, most people don't go around thinking about that and saying, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm traveling through space on a ball of magma. The people of Orrery are closer to that. Their city is um, more like a a space station, you know, because they believe that they're in space. So it's you know it's like this uh, island in space, very metallic, um, and uh, they also they also feel that they are on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, they have, you know, the latest high-tech stuff. And they have this urge as well to be robots. They dress like robots. They, you know, they, they sort of, like, talk like robots. And, they, you know, they and they're looking at everything as though uh, everything is a computer. Like, say, yeah, you know, a person's mind is a computer rather than a brain. Uh, number number three uh, is Mortal Dew. That's the capital city, and it's in the area of mourning. And Mortal Dew, and then the the country of mourning. It's in this. Uh, it's in the middle of uh, the moon, the moonlit um, half, and then the sunlit half. So it's sort of like say. It's got a bit of twilight. It's got a bit of, uh, you know, sunrise happening. And as I have it, that the, that the people there are, they're quite um, puppet-like. That there's this sort of uh, uncertainty. Their belief is, is that they are... Um, that they are puppets, but also th there's a sense of sort of clowning around. There's a sense of um, marionettes, right? So there are these strings, and then there are these. Um, it, it sort of depends on which side of the of the the puppet fence, you know, whether you are uh, a hand puppet or whether you are a marionette. And um, and to these people, these people live in in. Uh, houses and um, and to they're very sort of uh, concerned with paint, right? Sort of uh, you know making sure that their paint is you know the right painting their 
wooden faces, um, that they believe that they are these, these puppets. And slightly different, um, slightly different sense of, say, fashion, but they are, um, it's sort of like, say, uh, an opportunity to show fashion, to show, to talk about things like makeup, external appearances, rather than um, considering internal uh, appearance. Although I don't know if it's, it would be appearance. But yeah, so that's, so that's what's going on in um, Mortal Do. Uh, I have to say that, that, you know, things get really different and change down on the coastline uh, where you have these, the group, these groups of people who are shaping what's happening on the coast with their minds, how they see things, their worldview. Whereas uh, further away from the coastline, it, it, we, we, it slopes up to these mountains and... I believe it's the Nibelung Mountains, which is, uh, it was, yeah, inspired by the uh, Wagner's ring cycle. And, and there is this ring of mountains that encircles the world of Terrapin. But that, those mountains are, you know, say stable, that they don't really change. Uh, you have something like the second place, you know, the second um, country and, and uh, city-state, number two, two o'clock, that um, they believe that they exist in space, you know, but the further you get away from them, uh, you know, the mountains still exist. So slowly, the, um, yeah, that the, mount the mountains are kind of like this theme that's running around. Uh, much like Lake Sea, Lake Sea exists wherever you go. There are variations where, say, um, in Orrery, uh on the coastline, you know, there's there's this insistence, you know, of uh, sort of vehicles like spaceships, right? You know, that you're traveling through space, that it's not an ocean, and so there's a nice little kind of mix-up collage of ideas there. But let's keep going. Yeah, we can keep going. So if we go down to the four o'clock position, we get the country of Woven and of uh, Damandala. And I think I think Damandala was uh, is actually from Gaelic if I remember, uh, where, where there's something like uh, Mortal Dew, which is at 3 o'clock, which is completely made up. Um, and then if you go up to 2 o'clock, it's Orrery, which is an actual, um, it's a model of uh, the solar system, right? So it's this metal um, It's got these sort of spheres, metal spheres, and it has these wires that uh, you know are, are holding these spheres, and you can sort of twist it around. And that's so it's a real thing, orrery. And then at one o'clock, there's perlocks, which is a made-up name. 
so what's happening at Damandala it, it the people there believe that they are spiders therefore they are and they believe that that the world is woven and that things are held together by webs and they're yeah a, a lot of what they do a lot of what say their philosophy is how they see things it has to do with with threads and with weaving making things like that so there's this preoccupation with uh weaving and with um weaving and sewing fabrics textiles and there's a big chance that and you know if you if you get something like that it has some kind of connection to uh damandala and what else can i say the uh, and to these spider people have are predominantly orange uh, the colors, there is this uh, color, uh, an use of color in when I, when I was making this, uh, this world and sort of a thought, you know, about the- thematic color. If we move down to number five and we are at uh, Vank. and I have to say, I, there's some places that I haven't really been, you know, that are, are just sort of conceptual. But there, it's interesting to say that too, right? You know, well, I, I have thoroughly explored, but uh, Bluovank, which is the capital city, and then the country around it is called Lacan, uh, and that is a reference to, I believe, it's a, a psychotherapist, psychologist named Lacan, who had. Um, uh, who who talked about mirrors, and that is uh, that's one of the the themes going on in Bluovank is these people that they use mirrors and they so they see the world as though it's a reflection, right? So they constantly talk about um, what they see as a mirror. So. That's somewhere where I've spent uh, some time writing, right? Which it, it feels like I've been there. And so, what can I say? The the people are uh, a kind of mushroom like that. You know, they have uh, humanoid forms, but it's where it's in their it's in their hair and just the way it's sort of moving around the the shape of it. That, that there's something that reminds of a of a mushroom. And they put dirt uh, into the bottom of their shoes. So rather than going around seeing food, you see different variations, varieties of food, uh, different you know different levels of decay. So you can get some uh, humus uh, instead of hummus. You can get some uh, hummus, and um, you can get uh, you know pop some things in there. And I'm just sort of going. Would you put earthworms in there? Anyways, so if you can imagine their shoes that they have this space in their shoes to put, to put this dirt. And, um, and, and that's how they're eating, right? Which again is like a, like a mushroom, like a fungus. They go around their city, uh, they hold, uh, these mirrors, uh, much like cell phones and they they can use these mirrors to communicate. Uh, and there's a sense of, um, 
it, it is a form of energy in a way because they're using mirrors for transportation and communication and um, even even lighting right so they'll they'll light a room uh, by using say two mirrors one mirror will catch the light and the other mirror will allow the light through so it's almost like the mirrors are kind of like a you know, a tunnel uh, and there is some commentary going on um, about 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 using uh, about looking into right say a device and so I sort of get into that a bit and um, once again it's my my preoccupation with um, uh, are we on is it is it moving us towards our center or is it even uh, is is it sort of keeping us outside right and are these are these people uh, actually sort of having an do they have an inner world or or is it just external outer world still you know even though it's virtual you know is it actually internal so that's that's a, a question that that I pose to the people of Blue Ovank. <laughs> um, one of the nice, uh, like say, um, I guess it's the fauna. Uh, in the air, there are these um, floating uh, jellyfish, right? So they wouldn't be fish, but anyways, orange jellyfish in the air, and they sound like wind chimes, right? So they're their tentacles will hit together and, and create this wind chime sound. And that's a common sight. Uh, instead of birds, we have these floating, flying jellyfish. And, and two, we, we are definitely now in the sunlit side. Uh, and two, there's pros and cons with this because of... Uh, you know, there's not a night, and and that's something in the um, what what really is the the western side, or the the top side of uh, of Terrapin is is that it's moonlight, whereas the the bottom side is uh, sunlight, and yeah, the bottom sunlight, the bottom. It's just a, a sort of like if you can imagine, oh, it's you know sunlight twenty four hours a day. There are variations though. Uh, each each country has different lengths of time. Just one that I'm working on right now, the uh, the moon. Um, just doing research about the moon, and the moon is um, the moon's days last twenty eight Earth days. So that's that's something to consider. Um, and each each place has a different sort of take on that, right? That you know, that's it's not just twenty four hours. And then there's a consideration of say, if you're a human visitor, that you know you want to you want to get some sleep, and so you've got to schedule that. Um, or that say you know your sleep pattern is going to be off just just naturally. All right, so. From number five, we we'll go to number six, and we're at, you know, uh, we're def we're at the bottom, uh, and it is uh, Grian 
degree on which uh, we're the the country is called the sun, but the city is called Grianwich, and it is um, imagined as uh, a desert. That there's this large desert, and the people of uh, the people of Grianwich are they're preoccupied with gold. That's one thing. There's a lot of golds going on, and two. Um, that they see themselves as dragons and to uh, amazing dragon people uh, who are de- uh, definitely say dressing themselves up and um, it, it's all about this display of of wealth and I'm just thinking of ghetto fabulous right everybody is preoccupied with this right you could be the poorest person and yet you can make uh, a huge um, costume, you know, cheaply, and yet you know it'll it'll have this um, not a facade, but it'll have you know this sort of display, kind of like peacock feathers, right? So, you know, these dragons are like that; they adorn themselves. Uh, it's uh, it's a desert, right? It's definitely a desert, and. One of the things about Grianwich is that that name comes from. Um, I got it from Brewer's Dictionary of of Phrases and Fables, which I can recommend. I mean, just even just to have kicking around, to, you know, to look up something, because all of a sudden you're connecting with literature and art and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, old, old notions and ideas. And this, this, this idea, which of course is not true, but it's a great idea, was that uh, Greenwich, um, Greenwich, uh, you know, like when you see Greenwich meantime, in England, there's a place called Greenwich. And the, that somebody was looking at it and they wanted to say that it, it comes from uh, Grian, which and Grion is um, Gaelic. I think it's Gaelic for the sun, right? And so uh, that there are these two places, particularly. There's Grion, which, which is Greenwich, and then there's uh, Luandan, which is London. And Luan is the moon. And when eventually we get to the moon, you know, I think we have enough time, <coughs> that um, I, I, liked, I like this sort of, false folk etymology. And so I, I said, okay, well, let's use that for the sun. So, uh, yeah, so Greenwich. Is there any more I can say about um, Greenwich? We're surrounded by deserts. Uh, also, too, though, it's a, it's a mix of desert that we, we encounter uh Things that you would expect in different deserts on Earth, you will find. So you'll find cactuses, like North American cactuses, you'll find them in uh, the desert of the sun. And you'll find uh, animals, a mix of animals, and a kind of more global village desert, right? So it's not just, you know, um, this barren wasteland, but there, there, you know, there are creatures and there are peoples um, and two we'll get this mix of say people that you would think of in a 
North American desert and then people that you would think of in a um, uh, the African desert, um, you know, Bedouins, uh, you know, so, so it's, yeah. So that's one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, working with. I've done, a, I've, I've done like a first draft pass through and uh, yeah, can't wait to get back. So moving on to uh, number seven, and we have an, uh, another favorite place. The country is Dream, and the city is uh, Wednesday, the capital city. And so the, the people there um, believe themselves to be cats, but their big thing, too, is that the world is a dream. You know, um, life is but a dream, and... That, so that's how they live their life. Uh, that's how they um, see things. One of the big changes, is, uh, well, it's it not really a big change, but I had always positioned um, this hidden city in the first book, PBL, uh, as this place. But uh, th- sort of things just organically changed. And, and now I'm having it that, they, that the cats have... Um, returned or say asserted their right and so the the city of PBL from the first book has has changed and has um it I I find it fascinating that uh especially because it's cats right that you know cats have a city to themselves and you know bouncing back and forth between being cats and being cat people um and yeah and that it has to all do with dreams Moving up to um, the country of Quadrivium and of uh, the Shirewood. Quadrivium had to do with, I think it's the meaning of it is four rivers. And uh, the, the whole belief system there has to do with that the world is a tree. So in this place, they believe that they live on a tree. In a way, the the map of Terrapin, it, there ought to be you know gaps like you know in the country of space there ought to be an actual gap or a big sort of dark you know section. Maybe it ought to be sort of you know um, uh, you know uh, made black you know uh, filled in with sort of stars and things like that. Uh, maybe you know. It's this, it's this conundrum of, you know, how can there be a coastline then? And that's the case with um, Quadrivium, or rather Shirewood and this belief in the tree. You leave Shirewood and you cease to have the experience of this world tree. But when you go down to this city, capital city of Shirewood, just more and more you're experiencing that you're, you know, you're walking on bark, things like that, right? And you have this experience of, you know, suddenly you're able to, you know, perception changes, right? And you're able to sort of walk easily like an insect on this bark. And, um, you know, you encounter this capital city. The The people there also believe themselves to, to be, um, that they are saplings, right? That they, and um, they're always carrying around these uh, umbrellas, right? And the young, the younger people have these bright green uh, umbrellas, uh, the canvas is bright green, and then it goes darker green, and then finally, for the older people, it's orange green. And there's something about their skin that resembles um, bark. 
but they they really believe that it's uh, that they are trees. And this is sort of a, a, a nod to Ents and um, and uh, the World Tree. Uh, let's see. Next, we're going up to nine, and it is uh, the country of Deluvia and this city of Cthul. Um, I've only <laughs> I've only heard of Cthul, but I have this I have this notion. I've I have had characters sort of drive through it, you know, and take a train th- trip through it. But it is, um, if you can imagine a sunken Atlantis, kind of like that, there's something very foreboding about it. Um, But these people here believe that they live underwater, and they believe that uh, there has been this flood, that they live in this flood. And, you know, say maybe that they have been punished... Anyways, that you know that now they are these fish people, and um, there's this kind of threat too. At least so far, you know, in in what I've learned about Terrapin, <laughs> in my travels, uh, yeah, is this sort of oh, you know, what has happened? What is up with Cthul? And so that's something I'd like to sort of get more into, uh, to finding out about the, that place. Moving on, uh, the country of October, which is at number 10, and that is, um, and, and we've now we've crossed the border uh, with Deluvia and Cthulhu, we crossed back into nighttime, and the country of October and the capital city of All Hallows, there is actually an All Hallows in England, and it's near the coast. Uh, so that was something I, I learned, that there's actually a place. But uh, uh, my version is that it's nighttime there, and that it is October, and it is Halloween. And so everybody is dressing up uh, in Halloween costumes. And, and, and two, that they believe that, um, they believe that, you know, A, you know, it's Halloween 24-7, you know, you should, you know, eat candy all the time. There's more to it than that, but I'm just sort of summing it up. And there's lots of people, you know, the fashion is to uh, dress up as uh, as monsters and, uh, you know, carve Halloween. You know, you, have, you always have your Halloween uh, pumpkins or lighting the streets and things like that. And uh, we move up to 11, which is the moon, the country of the moon, and it's uh, Luandan, as I was explaining. Um, I'm currently there right now uh, in rewriting, drafting, revisioning. And so it's that the, the people in Luandan believe that they live on the moon. They believe that when they look up in the sky, there's the earth. Right, and uh, th- that is how they've shaped their reality. And because they're on the moon, uh, you have to have um, special sort of you know you live in a pod kind of thing, uh, a dome, and you know it's the the concerns are with pressure, air, 
and you know using a spacesuit uh use you know having those 1950s you know glass bubbles uh, and two they uh they have these uh rocket ships instead of automobiles or electric cars they have these rocket ships that are um moving around And then finally, we're at 12 o'clock. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier that it is um, similar to, say, that it would be the 12th month of December. So it's, it's winter there. It's winter all the time. It's the darkest uh, place. It does get moonlight uh, during its kind of quote-unquote day, uh, but it is definitely um, in the moon. Or sorry, I mean, it's in winter. And going down to the city of Menade, and I'm 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 remembering it was things like there are things say that I'm going to change <laughs> by the time that I get there, right? They they'll have rebuilt the place, but as it stands, it is a, a kind of a winter carnival city. So there's a lot of say you know it's very Christmassy. Um, but it's also very, let's see, how can I say this? There's many different types of winter celebrations around the world. So there's a consideration of that. Uh, there's things like, say, using um, ice, ice and snow to build with, right? So there are um, igloos. Uh, and what I'm really hoping to see by the time I return, <laughs> if they can get on this, I'd like to see iceberg uh it would be great too if it, if the whole thing was just you know that they believed that they lived in these iceberg sort of buildings right these cities and that you maybe you have to take a a boat or maybe you have to skate but basically it's icebergs and uh that have been carved into various buildings if if you can imagine um And then finally, we return to um, one o'clock and Perlocks. How are we doing for time? We've got a couple minutes. One one of the things to mention as well, like in the first book, we have uh, the Green Lion, and the Green Lion is, as as I have it now, is um, one of the powers of Terrapin. And is one of the sort of um, kind of expression or or personification of of the place, and that's kind of, that's where sort of the, the 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 thematic color is coming from. This thing, you know, the green, and so this is the sort of the green place, and it sort of it works and it doesn't work. Um, but again, it's just you know being creative and coming up with something. And uh, right next door, there's a character that I that that came about, and I'm really curious to get back to, and that is um, why there's these there's these themes also of place. So, as it stands, um, one o'clock uh, per locks that the that the theme is power i think i have that right and yeah 
there's there's this sort of a question of power in a couple different ways the power of governing like who governs how is it governed and then there's also the question of energy and that say that's a consideration as i'm going around and coming back to these places is you know well what is the theme what is the what is the power um, Part of my preoccupation with is, you know, say, with the electricity in that one o'clock, right? That first place is like, okay, well, it's electrical, right? And, and two, they're getting the electricity from nature, from this big red cloud. There might be more to the big red cloud. Um, and, and so we'll see. We'll find out about that. And just in the last minutes, the the other powers that I'm thinking about for uh just next door at number at the 12 number 12 the midwinter and the minade I, I there's this character called instead of power it's about time and that's because it's it's uh winter it's uh saturn um and it so it's about time but it's also about uh you know the change of time right the, you know sort of you know, Father Time is ending and, you know, Baby New Year is going to happen. But I have this character who's called uh, Mother Anachronism. I don't know if she's going to happen, but I really want to um, get to that sort of story, get to that character, because it, it's it's a bit of a paradox. It's a bit of a conundrum. Uh, anachronism and Rather than a, a sort of father time figure who's like a grim reaper, I, I changed it. I, I sort of moved it upside down um, to it's a it's a female, it's a woman, and to that she's holding uh, a, a kind of baby New Year, but rather it is um, it's not an actual child, but it is a I think it's a calendar carved on it's either a stone or a piece of wood. And um, if you can imagine, kind of like a runic, like with runes, these old Viking Nordic letters. And um, so that's where it, it's at right now. And I, I'm i not there, but I, I, I've sort of positioned that character there. And I, I'm waiting to, say, return, you know, to, to start a second draft and, and uh, engage, right? Because I'm just really curious about... Uh, so we have to set up an appointment. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for listening. And that's been a tour of Terrapin.